Hi, and welcome to The Turbulent World with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. The timing of U.S. and Israeli allegations that United Nations Relief and Works Agency, or UNRWA, staff participated in Hamas's October 7 attack on the Jewish state was hardly coincidental. The allegations and the halt in UNRWA funding by nine Western countries, including the United States, Britain, Germany, Italy, Canada, and Australia, raise questions that go far beyond UNRWA's potential culpability. UNRWA is the leading UN aid agency in Gaza. UNRWA has a staff of 13,000, including 3,000 who have reported to work during the Gaza war. More than 130 UNRWA staffers have been killed in the war. Israel and the U.S.'s allegations came barely 24 hours after the International Court of Justice, ICJ, warned that Israel's conduct in the Gaza war risked acts of genocide. The court ordered Israel to take immediate and effective measures to enable the provision of urgently needed basic services and humanitarian assistance to address the adverse conditions of life faced by Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Beyond timing, the Western response is certain to aggravate an already dire human apocalypse in Gaza. It violates the principles of due process that would give UNRWA an opportunity to defend itself and address legitimate complaints. Due process would have also allowed the U.S. and others to adopt positions less at odds with the court ruling and more independent of Israeli policy. Not all Western countries followed the U.S. lead. Norway and Ireland have opted for a more balanced approach. We need to distinguish between what individuals may have done and what UNRWA stands for. The organization's tens of thousands of employees in Gaza, the West Bank, and the region are playing a crucial role in distributing aid, saving lives, and safeguarding basic needs and rights, said Norway's representative to President Mahmoud Abbas's West Bank based internationally recognized Palestine Authority. Don't punish the children of Gaza. This is totally reckless. None of us can guarantee that staff are not doing something that is criminal. We have to punish the sinners and not collectively the population of Gaza, added Jan Egeland, Secretary General of the Norwegian Refugee Council. The U.S.-led response bolsters a long-standing Israeli campaign against UNRWA that is as much an integral part of a broader policy to undermine Palestinians' refugee status as it may be based on legitimate concerns. Israel hopes to undermine Palestinians' insistence on the right to self-determination and an independent state by depriving many of them of their refugee status that dates to Israel's creation and the 1948 and 1967 Middle East wars. Israel has been building a case against UNRWA for a long time. Regardless of the veracity of the charge, the decision to go with this news seems like an attempt to distract from the ICJ ruling on genocide in Gaza, 
said International Crisis Group Israel analyst Merav Zensom. By not following due process, Western countries have fueled an Israeli campaign that is likely to add to the suffering in Gaza and complicate efforts to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We have been warning for years, UNRWA perpetuates the refugee issue, obstructs peace, and serves as a civilian arm of Hamas in Gaza. UNRWA will not be part of the day after, said Israeli Foreign Minister Israel Katz, referring to the day hostilities end. UNRWA has not denied allegations that 12 staff members participated in the October 7 attack in which 1,100 people, mostly civilians, were killed. In response to the allegations, UNRWA said it had fired the employees identified by Israel. Any UNRWA employee who was involved in acts of terror will be held accountable, including through criminal prosecution, UNRWA said. The UN organization noted that it shares the list of all of its staff with host countries every year, including Israel. The agency never received any concerns on specific staff members. UNRWA has asked for an independent investigation, while warning that Gazans depend on it for humanitarian aid. The investigation could substantiate allegations that support for Hamas among UNRWA staff is broader than the organization has admitted. UN Watch, a group that focuses on alleged anti-Semitism and anti-Israeli bias at the UN, asserted that 3,000 UNRWA teachers were members of a Telegram chat group that celebrated the October 7th Hamas massacre. It was unclear whether the chat group included only current staff or also past employees. Before the war, UNRWA allocated 58% of its budget to education. It operated 183 schools, attended by 286 students in Gaza, that follow curricula provided by the Palestine Authority, supplemented by materials produced by the UN organization staff. Since the war, UNRWA schools have become shelters for Palestinians displaced by hostilities. A November 2023 report by the Institute for Monitoring Peace and Cultural Tolerance in School Education, or Impact SE, an Israeli group that engages in textbook analysis, asserted that materials in UNRWA schools were openly anti-Semitic and continued to encourage violence, jihad, and martyrdom while peace is not taught as preferable or even possible. Extreme nationalism and Islamist ideologies proliferate throughout the curriculum, including in science and math textbooks. The report cited, among others, an exercise for ninth graders that celebrated the Palestinian firebombing attack on a Jewish bus as a barbecue party, and a female fighter who in 1978 allegedly murdered Gail Rubin, the niece of U.S. Senator Abraham Ribicoff, and hijacked a bus, killing 38 Israelis, including 13 children. 
Responding to an earlier report co-authored by Impact SE and UN Watch, UNRWA said in March last year that its staff received regular in-person training sessions and mandatory online courses on humanitarian principles, social media use, and ethics. In addition, UNRWA undertakes regular and meticulous reviews of all textbooks and learning materials. In a letter to U.S. Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer in November, UNRWA's Washington representative, William Deere, asserted that UNRWA has a stringent staff conduct framework in place to ensure that staff members do not affiliate themselves and, by extension, UNRWA with any other groups. All UNRWA staff, Palestine refugees and contractors, vendors, and non-state donors are screened against the Consolidated United Nations Security Council sanctions list. To be sure, a majority of Gazan Hamas affiliates are unlikely to have been added to the sanctions list. Even so, backing for Hamas among mostly Gazan UNRWA staff suggests broader popular support for Hamas that ebbs and flows, particularly in times of war. Moreover, the anti-UNRWA campaign speaks to the achievability of Israel's goal of destroying Hamas. It suggests that Hamas has a popular base that will make it a Palestinian force to reckon with, irrespective of when the guns in Gaza fall silent. As a result, the solution is not penalizing UNRWA at a time of Gazan's greatest need. The immediate solution is due process, leading to reform of the organization, and ultimately a resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that meets the aspirations and security needs of Israelis and Palestinians. For Israel, this is true strategically and tactically. Already on the defensive in an information war, in which images of carnage speak louder than words, Israel would benefit more from being seen as complying with the International Court's emphasis on humanitarian aid and encouraging UNRWA to tackle its problematic issues. Israel can just go and say whatever it wants, but basically, if you are explaining, you are losing. Online, what speaks powerfully is images, said Max Boot, a military historian and foreign policy analyst. We're used to a reality where history is written by the victor. It's not the case anymore, conceded Masha Michelson, an Israeli military social media warrior. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maximizing impact. I am determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack 
on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you. Take care and best wishes. Thank you.